Thank you so much for joining us on another edition of Tifosi Football Radio. My name is Christian Baldanza DiTacchio. And this is Juliano Clary. And it is Saturday, July 3rd. Thank you again for joining us today. Quarterfinals have wrapped up. Semifinals are set. Our Azzurri are into the semifinale against La Spagna. And on the other side, England will be playing the Danes in what has been a cakewalk for them so far. Um, Number one? Yeah. Number one team in the world. Yeah. What? Belgium? Yeah, right. Number one team. That goes to show you what garbage the FIFA rankings are (laughs) and how Belgium took advantage of it by playing uh, crappy teams. But uh, thank you once again for joining us for our Euro 2020 coverage. Uh, We had some interesting games in the quarterfinal matchups that we're going to love to review with you, especially our beloved Azzurri. But first and foremost, we're going to start with the first game. Spain and Switzerland. Switzerland just bowing out on penalties, taking Spain to the end. Take me through this game. What did you think of this, Giuliano? It was a typical performance by both teams. Switzerland doing the Italian job again, uh, trying to get it out to the last second, bringing it all the way to penalties. But as history has shown, no team has won two penalty shootouts back-to-back in a tournament. So Swiss, they they dropped the ball, missed four penalties, I think it was, or three penalties, three. scored the first one, and then uh, that was it. But outside of the penalty shootout, Spain, again, I feel dominated the game. Again, light up top, missing sitters, missing easy goal-scoring chances, and it took a huge deflection for them to, to get the goal. So yeah. a bit of luck. Yeah. And... Uh, that was enough. I mean, the game changed too. Swiss came back, got the goal through Shakari red card, which was debatable. Froiler red card. It was yeah. like an orange. It was like an orange card for me. The ref gives it. You know, it's because it was a dangerous tackle. Yeah, yeah. So I can see why it was given. A lot of people saying, you know, it shouldn't have been given, but I, I can see why the ref gave it. Uh, so I don't think there's anything too controversial about that. But the gas just ran out for Switzerland. What did you think about this? I honestly think the Switzerland in the second half took it to the Spanish. And Switzerland came alive and deservedly so got back into this game. And I think that Freuler red card, yes, I, I do agree. I mean, I can't disagree with it. It's it's the rules. So that Freuler red card totally took the life out of them and changed their tactics. Uh, they basically went, okay, we're just going to sit back, soak it in, and play for basically play for a penalty shootout. And it Unfortunately, it backfired from them. But uh, I got to credit the Swiss. They have put in two heroic performances, first against the French and then against uh, against the Spanish here. Talk about night and day from the group stage to the knockout rounds for the Swiss team. Mm -hmm. And they did it without their main guy, Granite Chaka, which is huge. Yeah, exactly. Missing your your captain, your pivotal player in the midfield. And when Busquets misses that penalty in the first the first penalty, they're like, oh my God, this is like destiny, right? I mean, I'm a Roman, so I mean, a Romanista. That, that's all I think about <laughs> destiny that's with the heart. But you got to think, an interesting stat here. So before before the second penalty, Spain had missed, was it, is it six consecutive penalties? So that was, that was six consecutive with Busquets. With Busquets. Do you know where the first two started? No. They were started, and I believe it's a Nations League game or a qualification game, and Jan Sommer stopped both of them. That's where they started. So you got to think Jan Sommer hmm. was in their bloody, bloody head. And credit to Jan Sommer, he had, a, he had a game of his life. Yeah, someone I called an average goalie. Fantastic. <laughs> Going I think he's into, boosted his stock. And he, he was massive. He played amazing. I mean, the shots, yes, he made some huge saves. He made the most saves. Especially in extra time. Yeah, he made the most saves in one single game. At a European championship. But the shots of, of Spain, they, yeah, for the amount of shots they get, they just don't. Like I said, he still had to save them, but they don't really test the goalie. There was one where there was, I think it was a header, and he had to really stretch out and leap, yeah. and that was the most outstanding one. Even if a, you look at their goal too, it was a deflection, right? I know that's why Spain. Yes, they get lots of shots, but they were routine saves, I'd say, for Sommer. Yeah. He still had to save him. He did outstanding. But Spain, they're a strange team, which I guess we'll preview a little bit more in the semifinal. Yeah, they are a strange team. Uh, but then again, this is a team that is in a rebuild looking towards Qatar 2022. So the fact that they're here is a huge success for them. 
I think they're going to go into this. We'll, they'll go into the semifinals now. No pressure on them because they've they've exceeded expectations here. And Luis Enrique looks like a genius, even with a team that's struggling up top. Even though they put buried ten goals in their last two games yep. prior, right? Yep. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it's going to be interesting. To, to see what they do against Zuri, but uh, congratulations to Spain, you're through. What a showing by Sw- the Switzerland. Uh, I'm, I'm actually worried now. I think we got two games coming up in World Cup qualifying against the Swiss. So I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park like it was in that group stage game. I think it's they've kind of found their identity. Yeah. Pekovic did a good job making the key subs when he had to. Um, overcame a lot of adversity without Chaka. Again, Froiler getting the red card. Um, but they got some key pieces there. They're going to be a tough team to beat in qualification. And technically, the only team to beat them in 90 minutes is Italy. Yeah, that's crazy. The Isn't rest, that crazy? Yeah, their win, only win really came against uh, Turks, and the rest were draws. Wales, yeah. France, Spain. Yeah. So not a bad showing for the Swiss. Not a bad showing. So everything. if you're a Swiss fan, you have everything to be proud of for the squad. They punch definitely above their weight, and they're showing a lot of promise. But now, let's move on to the game of the quarterfinals. The big match. Italia against the number one ranked team in FIFA. I don't know. My please. Like, why? Like I, I said, don't know why. I, like, wasn't, I wasn't worried once about this game. I really wasn't. They, they made, made they a made sweat. A sweat. Yes, Donnarumma made some massive saves. For me, the man of the match, he did make some massive saves. The biggest yeah. highlight for me was the De Bruyne save. That was huge. Where De Bruyne the went on to his left. That was Oof. crazy. Um, That's a big boy in between those sticks, man. It is. He's He's been playing outstanding. Uh, but to me, I knew we were going to be Belgium. I was never worried about Belgium. Yeah. To me, they're, they're frauds. No depth. <laughs> Manager, I don't mean any disrespect, but Roberto Martinez was got his tactics all wrong. Yeah, he was out oh, of wrong. out of his depth with this team, big time. And uh, it sh- it showed. Mancini completely coached him right off the pitch. He did. What did you think? What did you see? What did you think about the Azzurri performance? I thought it was an Azzurri masterclass. Went up two nothing. Unfortunate to give away that penalty. That to me was a soft penalty. I know we have some friends that think, oh, if you had a stick, he'd body check him. Listen. He went down a little too easy for my liking. My question is, does the ref give that if the game's at 0-0? Yeah, I don't think so. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. It's it's borderline. Like I said, he yeah. gives it. You can understand if he, was, if he was not to give it, you'd understand too. Yeah. It's just one of those calls. VAR yeah. just has to side with the ref exactly. on the day. I just, you know, I got I got quite a few things to say. So first of all, for all the Italian haters out there, it's at all, you know, you gotta wait till you guys play a big team. Well, we played arguably the number one ranked team in FIFA. According to FIFA, and, soft, and we totally outclassed them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's number one. Number mm-hmm. two, I thought this was a huge game for John Luigi Donnarumma. We never saw John Luigi Donnarumma in a big game like this before. Never on the European stage because uh, of you know John Luigi playing with AC Milan and yeah, all that. Yeah, but uh, what a game! I mean, two massive saves at the start of the game. Uh, if those go in, that totally changes the game. I think. Um, but uh, fantastic. Uh, Lorenzo Insigne finally shows up for a game. Uh, plays a fantastic performance there. Uh, big loss with uh, Leonardo Spinazzola, torn Achilles. Uh, yep. it's it's a double blow for me because he's going to be out for a little while for. Roma and now too. and now you can't cash in. Now we can't cash in. <laughs> you know what though? He, I really feel for him when he was crying. I I get it. He had the tournament of his life and. For you to get all the, get that far and then pull up like that, it's uh, it, it's heartbreaking for sure. But the way the team has supported him around it is great. I want to talk a little bit about who is coming in because I know him very well, Emerson Palmieri. We're assuming he's going to come in, but he's going to come in. He's going to come in. There, the only other guy that's going to come in is Rafael Toloi, and that's if Mancini wants to go with a more defensive approach. But if Mancini wants to keep his tactics where he's going to push on the left side, Emerson Palmieri is the guy to do it. And Roberto Mancini, credit to him, everybody except Alex Meret has played minutes in this tournament. So it's not like Emerson Palmieri is going to come into this game cold. And a lot of people are wondering, who is this guy? Well, I know him because he used to play for Roma for a little while. He kind of offers the same that Leonardo Spinazzola does. He's not as good as Leonardo Spinazzola. He's a better defensive option compared to Leonardo Spinazzola. He's not as flashy 
up top as Leonardo Spinazzola. But he's got pace up that left side. He can dribble. He can make moves. But the one thing he has that Leonardo Spinazzola doesn't have is he is. this is a guy that can shoot outside the 18. So there's another threat. His style of play, I know he hasn't played many minutes at Chelsea this past season, is he comes up the flank, he cuts in, and he takes a shot outside the 18. So you now have that option where you can challenge the goalkeeper outside the 18. So I think he's going to be a bit of a problem. So for those everybody that's worried about Spinazzola going out and Emerson coming in, don't worry. It's a like-for-like like change. He's, like I said, he there's some things that he does better than Leonardo Spinazzola, and there's some things that he's weaker at than Leonardo Spinazzola. So just don't worry. Don't hit the panic button on that left side. It's going to be fine, especially with Verratti and Insigne there. The other guy I want to talk about... Um, that I want to give credit to, that I doubted from the, for before the tournament, is I have to give credit to Leonardo Bonucci and Giorgio Chiellini back there. I, I have to admit I was worried how these guys were going to hold up on Lukaku. Giorgio Chiellini, he is the leader. And uh, at, what, 38 years old? 37. 37 now. years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he led the line. And, you know, my hat's off to you. My hat's off to Bonucci. You guys did a... Fantastic job, Benucci. Just a step too early for the first goal. Otherwise, that would have been a mm-hmm. would have been a great way to start. And the one guy that has totally disappointed me, and I think his time is done with the Azzurri after this tournament, is Ciro Immobile. I'm sick of him. I'm done. I was actually happy to see Bellotti come on because Bellotti does offer. He did offer more. And I just got one more thing before we get back to you. Sorry. No worries. There's a lot of a lot of things that I noticed in this game. The one thing I want to, I'll give credit where it's due. I don't think it was the right move, but Federico Chiesa had a game. He had a, he had a good game. I just don't think he was a, as effective as a starter compared to if he came off the bench. Domenico ne- Berardi offered, would have offered more. That's what we were saying. Next, right? next to Immobile, Chiesa was the most ineffective player. He was. He field. was up and down. Up yeah. and down. You got. I understand that, but when you look at the, he was wasted as a starter. I agree. Wasted. I agree. If you have if you have a guy like Federico Chiesa, so you're up two to one. You have a guy like Federico Chiesa coming on in the 60th minute at those tired legs, especially against Vertonghen, Vermeulen. It'd be there. Be, it'd be three four. Three that, four more goals. That's what I didn't understand, and, and we said it. The second half, you saw how flat Italy was with Berardi coming off the bench. Balotti was tired after 10 minutes of running. The energy wasn't there that Chiesa yeah. brings, and that's why people think, "Oh, these you know these guys are, don't know what they're talking about." Yeah. You got to start Chiesa because he's better than Berardi. No, that's that's not the point. It's where's Berardi? I, I mean, uh, Chiesa going to be more effective, that's right. and it's going to be off the bench. Yeah. Now my thoughts are going to change for the next game because the opponent. So it, it matters stylistically mm-hmm. who you're playing against, and uh, that's the most important factor. We knew Italy was going to control the midfield. In this game, you knew. Yeah, hands down. De Bruyne is playing on one leg. His uh, right ankle was, or his left ankle, whatever one was injured, was full of injections before the yeah. match. He was running on one leg, had an outstanding match. For me, De Bruyne are the best player on the field for Belgium. Uh, Lukaku, I was never worried about on his own. Yeah. That's where Roberto Martinez, I said, this guy, his tactics were completely off. Lukaku. If anyone that watched Inter, any ounce of City, I've said it before, he was so good this year because he had a partner to take the tapping king to take the burden with him, and not just the tapping king. Lautaro Martinez acted like a big decoy for Lukaku, and and they paired up good. They did a lot of one-two touch passing, and and the and the uh, the combinations worked with each other. Lukaku can't do it by himself. He's not that type of striker. They tried doing that at Man U. They pushed him out yeah. wide like they did at Man U in this game. It does not work. No. He needs somebody. And you're playing a one-legged De Bruyne and, and Doku. Jeremy Doku, yeah. He was left stranded on the left wing. People hyping him up, saying this guy's amazing. I know he's 19. To me, he's just another dancing, dribbling player. Mm-hmm. Doesn't do nothing. He's too fast for his own good. No control. I know he had the one chance where he cut him from the left all the way to the right, shot it over the net. You knew he was going there the whole time. Dararuma had the had the shot covered the whole time. Yeah. He looks he's <laughs> he looks better than he actually is because he was not effective at all. No. He did win the penalty, but that's about all Doku did. He did nothing. Di Lorenzo was getting a lot of flack. I think he handled him pretty good, if you ask me, yeah. with Barella. So I'm not worried about Di Lorenzo. I thought he played fantastic. Barella played his best say, game of the tournament, yeah. uh, getting a goal and yeah, an assist. Yeah. He 
was pivotal in this match. His energy was huge. Jorginho, a phenom. What can you say about him? He like, deserves Blondor if uh, Italy won the Euros because yeah. of his Champions League win. And Hands down what this guy what this guy. He's amazing. He's I don't know how anyone in England could hate this guy. I don't know how Brazil could pass up this guy. I, I don't really, know either. I really don't know how he could. Because they got Casemiro. Because he's not fancy. That's why. That's he's what simple. people. That's what people love these days. People love fanciness. That's why everyone, like I was telling Christian, everyone sees Doku. Oh my God, he's amazing. Because he's he looks he looks amazing because he does stuff that catches the eye. But it's it, it's ineffective. Yeah. It doesn't do anything. It's useless. Yeah. You know that Jorginho has a tenth of the flash of Doku, but he's fifty million times more effective. Yeah. You know, that's the type of player I like. Yeah, and his tactical awareness, like he knows where he's Everything. going before he even has the ball. Ninety nine percent possession I mean uh percent passing completion. Ninety nine percent. That's crazy. Um what are your thoughts on Marco Verratti? Verratti was outstanding. Uh he even though he has a yellow card, he still plays with that. He goes in hard. <laughs> yeah. I was getting a little scared there because I'm like, Oh my god, he's gonna get that second yellow. We're gonna be in trouble. I know. I, I love that him and Insigne paired so good. That's why Spinazzola, I'm going to get into a little bit more in the Spain game, but I don't think Italy's going to miss him too much. Although he's been the key player, I don't. I think by him being gone, it's going to allow Verratti and Insigne more. to get Because I find they all crowd into the same spot because yeah. all of Italy's play went through the left side and they're always stepping on each other's toes. So when Spinazzola kind of got periphery in that game, Insigne and Verratti were more effective, but, yeah. you know, both having at decisive the same time, moments. Why did everything go through the left side? Well, because that's where our best ball players are, yeah, right? But you don't have a ball player on that right side, which would have been Berardi. You could have offered well, more from both sides. Yes. No, I know. And Di Lorenzo is being underutilized. He yeah. has good feet. No, he does. He does. Uh, and that's just Mancini. Pace. Yeah, Mancini just, he likes to overload the left. That's just his tactic. Overload yeah. the left side, and and that's how he wants to play. You you touched on Immobile, horrendous performance. Oh. He was embarrassing. His first touch was embarrassing. But he is our striker. I think you have to stick with him going forward. You have to. But I don't think you stick with him after this tournament. I think you, you got to you gotta. It depends. We got two more games possibly to play. Go. So we got to see how he finishes. But overall, uh, yeah, the, the team performance was great. I think Mancini got his tactics wrong by starting Chiesa again. No energy in the second half. And and that was the biggest fault. I definitely think Berardi should have started. Yep. He would have been better than Chiesa. In regards to Belgium too, I mean, I don't I don't know why people had this team down as favorites. I really don't. This is an aging defense. Yeah, this defense was horrendous. They were slow. They were beaten at every ball. They were. They stood off. Even that midfield. They stood off Insigne when he scored his goal. No yeah. one even went to press after he ran yeah. by Tielemans. Even that midfield too, like yeah, Axel Witzel, he's good, but he's coming off injury. De Bruyne is injured, Hazard's injured. How could anybody choose and think Belgium is going to beat Italy in this no game? No depth. How? No depth. This team has. You know, and and None. to bring it back to Martinez too, he brings on Nasser Chadli. When I saw him come up, I'm like, this guy still plays. He came off after two minutes. So he he played, I think, 18 games in Turkey in the league. Yeah. And then Martinez, your manager, you have the final say on yeah. this. It's embarrassing that Chadley comes, does one run. I mean, it was an effective run, almost scored. Yeah. But the guy gets injured after. What kind of management is this? That's, to me, horrendous management. And uh, that, that's the difference. It comes down to those fine details. And that's where Bruno Martinez, he was given the reins with the golden generation. Mm -hmm. He completely destroyed it. Italy destroyed this Belgian golden generation. They prevented them from winning anything. Yeah. Two tournaments in a so row. So now... So now Belgium, I think it's in 24 competitive games. Belgium's only won one competitive game against Italy out of 24. What does that tell you? And Italy has now beaten them with a team on the rise in 2021 and has beaten the same generation in 2016 with their worst squad in history. Mm -hmm. In history. So what does that tell you? This Belgium team, yeah, I don't get the hype. Uh, if this was the so-called golden generation, this was their one opportunity to do something, and they totally blew it. Yeah. There's there's no coming back from this. There's not going to be another opportunity at the World Cup in 2022. This squad's... there's The only real thing that people have anything to be excited about, if you want to call it that, 
I guess everybody's hyping up Jeremy Doku as the next thing, but flash in the pan. He he had yeah. one good game, and everyone thinks he's the next Mbappe already. And yeah. we know how he he went this tournament. Exactly. So so everybody has to take it easy a little bit right now. Hundred percent. Let the so, guy develop his game. Hundred percent. So Yazuri, step in. So semifinals. That was the mission. That was the mission. We accomplished it. It was a successful tournament. It's been a successful tournament. No matter what happens. And they set themselves up against a Spanish team now on Tuesday. And this is the interesting part. I know we're going to preview this game. These are two teams that are in a rebuild gearing towards aiming to win the World Cup in 2022. And these guys have made the semifinals. What does that tell you? These two teams, look out for them. I I said it from the beginning. Italy semifinal, the minimum. And I said Spain was going to the other semifinal. Like I said, I had, a, I had them on yeah. the other bracket. But I believed in the Spain team was going to go yeah, all the way have. to the semis. And they have. And uh, they look great. Some patchiness in their in their yep. gameplay, but they look good. We'll preview it. We'll preview it. But let's move on to the third quarterfinal matchup. The Danes against the Czechs. They Doing squeeze it, it out. Schick gets his fifth goal, though. So he is now yeah. tied with... Thank goodness. He's tied with I'm, Ronaldo. I'm happy that Ronaldo's not going to win the golden boot no. solely based off his three penalties. No. I'm glad And if, if Patrick someone Schick, scored some... If Patrick, yeah, he's, you know. he had a tournament and a half. So he talk about a guy that's really bumped up his stock, Patrick Schick. But these Danes, so they came out blasting right away. Totally overwhelmed the Czechs. Um, and... Uh, the Czechs didn't know what to do. They didn't. They they couldn't settle into this game. You didn't see anything come out of the Czech Republic until the start of the second half. That's when tactically changed. They made a couple of changes at halftime. Yeah, right, o- right away. The the striker that got subbed on, he, uh, if I can find his name, I, I don't speak Czech, but Kremenic or something yeah, like that. Yeah. He came on right away and tested Kasper Schmeichel. Right and you knew the checks were game then. Yeah. Shit came in, scored a beautiful goal from uh, cross. Yeah. From uh, Chufal, I believe you pronounce his name. A beautiful cross. Yeah. Just redirects it with the instep of his foot, right across his body, bottom left, uh, his left, right of the goalie. Yeah. In the only spot, Schmeichel couldn't get it. And then the checks, yeah, they were pressed and impressed and pressing. Yeah. But, but the, Schmeichel with some big saves in this game, yeah. keeping the checks at bay. And Denmark deservedly so in the semifinals with. Out there, the man that they've built this whole team around. So Damsgaard is he's firing on all cylinders. Dolberg has now come in and started. Another goal is that three for him now? Yeah, I think so. Three, yeah. Dolberg, Yusef Polson offering that pace. You know, getting close, testing the Czech back line on the counterattack in the second half. Uh, this Danish team has a lot to be positive about. They got a brick wall for for. A back four. Like Stryger Larsen. If you guys don't know him, we know him really well from Udinese. Mm-hmm. This guy offers a lot of pace up, up, up that right flank. And uh, Kiar, solid as always. Kasper Schmeichel, world-class goalkeeper. Uh, but this team, I got nothing but great things to say about them. I did pick them to be in the semifinals, and here they are. Um, the last time the Danes have made the semifinals was 1992. And we all know what happened there. <laughs> they were led by Casper's dad, Peter Schmeichel, and they won the whole thing. So We'll see if they can do it again. We'll see if they can do it again. <laughs> but this Danish team, credit to them, they deserve to be there. They they had their backs up against the wall after the first two games. And ever since then, they have been firing on all cylinders, and they've been going to town. And uh, credit to them. The Czechs, on the other hand, They've had a great tournament. Should be very proud of where they finished. They weren't expected to get this far. A very young Czech team in a rebuild. Quarterfinal appearance. And didn't get blown out in this game. Kept it close. Kept it interesting. They have everything to be positive about. If Patrick Schick can keep up this form, I don't know if he can. He didn't do this at Roma. Um, They have everything to be positive about. They They should be happy about how they showed up in this tournament and uh, should go home with their heads held high. Yeah, should give them some confidence for the World Cup qualifying. Absolutely. Should. They're going to be a thorn in somebody's side yeah. which group they're in. I don't know what group they're in, but they'll be, a, they'll be a thorn in that side. But let's move on to this last game at the Stadio Olimpico in Rome. England, 4 nothing thrashing 
of the Ukraine. Everybody's saying it's coming home. It's coming home. Ukraine, they, they, they didn't belong. They did not belong here in this quarterfinal. I think the Swedes would have made it a much more tighter game with the English. This was kind of a cruise, especially after the fourth minute when Kane gets that goal. You knew as soon as Kane scores in the fourth minute, the game's over. The game's over. The 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 plan, the Ukrainian plan, was totally thrown out the window, and they totally lost it. And uh, yeah, th- this is a team that lost to Austria, lost to the Dutch, beat North Macedonia, tied Sweden, although they won, of course, in overtime, but yeah. drew within the ninety minutes, and they got yeah. spanked. Their only win came against North Macedonia. Yeah, so I don't know. Very fortunate to even be one of the best third place teams. Yeah. Like I said in the in the last review yeah. of the Sweden game, very lucky because Sweden hit the post twice. Forsberg, yeah, U- Ukraine was counting their luck and and it completely ran out. Oh, it did. Outclassed. Kane is on fire now. Yeah, the man I picked for the Golden Boot on number three. Maybe he can get two more against the Danes we'll and Tyronaldo. Um, we'll see. But the English making easy work yeah. for me. The team to beat in the tournament right now. Yeah. They are the team to beat in the tournament. If they don't make the final, it's a failure. Yeah. But we said this when they got into the round of 16. They're the favorites. They their path. They're, They're the favorites. They have to. This is their tournament. They're the home team. Yeah. They've traveled the least out of every team. That's right. They have played almost every game at Wembley, except one, except which was one. today. Yeah. Uh, so. Hands down the favorites. Hands down the favorites. But England showing the class. Maguire getting on the score sheet. Yeah. Like I said, Kane. Sterling playing outstanding game. Luke Shaw showing class as well. Yeah. Pickford, another clean sheet, five in a row. Haven't conceded yet, this English team. No, and Jaden Sancho, he finally gets his move to Manchester and he gets an appearance now. Yeah. Uh, so he finally gets an appearance. Calvert-Lewin coming off the bench. So just like Italy, I think everyone's played now in this English squad. That's good. And they remind me so much of Italy, the way they I know the it's... way they play. And this campaign, this campaign, though, for the English too, is kind of reminding me of Italy in 06, the way they won the, the Cup. That's right. They smash the Ukrainians in the quarterfinals to Italy, and then they go beat the Germans. We beat the Germans. The Germans, the who were the feel-good team of the 06 World Cup, because they weren't the they weren't the greatest team, but they were playing good football and they had a good story behind them, and yeah. that's what kind of like the Danes are. So, a lot of similarities, but uh, we'll see. We'll talk in the preview a little bit about them, but yeah. complete domination. Yeah, England it was a complete domination and. Gareth Southgate should be very pleased with how he how his squad is running. That's doing everything they want. He wants them to do, and uh, people keep talking about the difference between this generation of players and the golden generation, the Beckham era with Beckham and Gerrard. Well, the difference is, I don't think Southgate has any egos that he really has to manage, whereas Sven Goran Eriksson had more egos to manage. Every it was a team of more of individuals back in the day compared to now yeah bigger superstars i they definitely try to force guys into the team just because of their name yeah gareth southgate hasn't given into that um and credit to him for that yeah because it's working yeah he's been criticized about his tactics they're working <laughs> like what more do you want from the guy no the no, he's doing, he's doing job. a job he's doing a great job so are you happy with these semi-finalists do you think these are the best four teams in the tournament they deserve to be here no. Which one doesn't belong? Who sh- who should be who else should be here? I really think that France should be here. So right? you think they've been one of the they they've been so if you look at all the teams France is one of the top 4 teams in this tournament. France should be here instead of well, Denmark. Denmark's the feel good story, right? Mm-hmm. Denmark's the feel good story. They're the they're the surprise. Yeah, I re- I, I think England and Italy have been the most consistent in this tournament. France, I, I mean, I, I would put France there. And then I don't know if I would put Spain as my four. I just think there's been a couple of teams that showed some really good performances early on that just couldn't get over the hump. And the big one was the Dutch, right? I think if it was England, Italy, France, and the Dutch – those would have been the four best teams to be in the tournament, and that would have been insane. That would have been the hardest way to get into the final. But that's my opinion. How about yourself? What do you think? I think these are the four best. You think so? Yeah, I think that France team, 
although they were my favorites, seeing how things unraveled, seeing the infighting in the in the stands, yeah. a team like that is never going to go anywhere. No, I know. They they did it to themselves. Yeah, and big they, egos, just like England. Yeah. You know, teams with big egos never win. No. Uh, that was not a team. No. The thing is, I'd say maybe not the most skilled players are in the top four, yeah. but the best teams are here Yeah. in terms of unity and, and working for each other. I don't Absolutely. think anyone else in this tournament comes close to these four. Well, there you have it. So that sums up the quarterfinals. Now we're going to get into previewing the big two games, Tuesday and Wednesday. So Tuesday goes Italy, Spain at Wembley. I'm interested to know how this field is going to hold up having two games back-to-back because there's already been problems with the pitch. So luckily, Will will get the first game <laughs> and <laughs> let England and Denmark play on the patchy grass that is Wembley Stadium right now. So Italy, Spain goes at 3 o'clock. Two teams that are in a rebuild that are technically in a rebuild aiming for a World Cup push and possible victory in world in 2022 in Qatar now playing each other in the semifinals both have this is mission accomplished for Italy same thing for Spain mission accomplished so everything from here on in is gravy and I don't think I think if either team loses there's not going to be too too much disappointment in missing on the final but at the same yeah. time you've now set expectations because you're now one win away from the final. So both the Italian fans and the Spanish fans are thinking, this is real. This could happen. Um, what are your thoughts on this game? I know. My, my thoughts are the Zuri, they did what they set out to do. Make the semifinals. That's right. Anything else, like you said, is it's extra. It's it's good. Seeing the way the two teams' stories have developed over the tournament and to speak about the rivalry between Spain and Italy, the rivalry is uh is very strong we've had the last laugh beating them in the in the euros i think spain has the better of us record wise record it's wise it's pretty yeah. even but spain has had the better of us yeah they smashed us in world cup qualifying yeah so uh smashed us at the euro at the finals of the euro 2012 they've been a thorn on our side they replaced smashed us in 2008 yeah they were they replaced what france was in the late 90s early yeah. 2000s and it's been italy and spain from 06 to around yeah. 2012. If you're an Italian fan, you have nothing but bad memories when it comes to Italy, Spain. And then Conte got his revenge yeah. on the big stage. So in, in regards to the game itself, I'm going to be very curious to see how Mancini sets this team up. Now, I said to start Chiesa against Belgium was a mistake. I think in a game like this, you almost want to start Chiesa. Because I have a feeling Spain is going to dominate the ball. I don't think Italy well, will. That's that's what Spain does, right? But we have a midfield to go toe-to-toe with them. We do. But we don't have the defenders that pass, like the Spanish defenders. Laporte and, and Torres and uh, the other defenders, they all pass a lot better. Eric Garcia, way better feet than Chiellini Bonucci. The wing backs as well. Di Lorenzo, good feet, but not, not the same as... Uh, as a Spain right back, and Jordi Alba too has better feet than Emerson. So, as a team, the Spanish way better passing. Mm-hmm. We know they like to press up the field. Mm-hmm. We know they leave gaps. We know they concede. That's why I think Chiesa should start this game. Mm-hmm. I think you stick with Chiro. I know he was terrible in the uh, in the awesome. last game against Belgium, but I've been saying for a long time, Chiro excels running into space. And I'm telling you right now, Chido is going to get goals in this game. He He's going to get at least one or two because Chido will find those gaps. It's a matter of Verratti and Barella. I think those two will play with Jorginho in the, in, as a trident in the midfield. It's a matter of them finding, finding Chido making those runs. And Chido will get the ball, and he will score this game. He's going to make up for that poor Belgium show, and I guarantee you. Uh, I think Insigne is going to kind of be useless in this game. I don't see him. He's a bit too slow, so I think he's going to be taken out of the match. But overall, Italy, I think we're good enough. We've shown we can sit back and soak up pressure. The way we handled Belgium, the way we uh, handled Austria, we've shown we can keep games nice and tight and, and grind them out. I think Spain, if we do approach the game that way and, and kind of go the old school Italian way and play the counterattack, I, th- I know we will nick one off the Spanish team. 
because their finishing is is terrible. They have the same problem as us. The strikers don't score. But I think the way the game's going to play out stylistically, I think Chiro's finally going to get a game where it suits him. And uh, and I have a feeling Gerard Moreno and Marata, it's going to continue. The struggles are going to continue. Like I said, Spain gets lots of shots, but they're not shots that pick the corner. They're, they're just shots at the goalie. You know, they, they hit the net. Their stats look amazing. Beautiful pass success, beautiful shots on target. You look at the stats, you think, holy crap, this team is amazing. But there's nothing behind those shots. They never threaten the target. So I think that's going to continue. And I think I think it's still going to be a very tight game because Spain, they know how to they know how to slow down a game and completely choke it out. And in a semifinal, no one's going to take too much risk. So I see it really being cagey. But I see Italy getting the better of the Spain, Spanish team because we, I have a feeling, excel in the counterattack. I feel we play better on a counterattack system as, a, as opposed to playing possession and pressing. I think if we press Spain too much, they're going to pick holes through us because they're that good with passing. So that's just my thoughts on how this game is going to go. In regards to the left-back position too, that's why I think Emerson, it might be better because he's better than Spinazzola defensively. And I think he will be able to hold his own. I don't think he has to worry about getting up the field. That'll be taken care of with Chiro. The defense just has to worry about playing defense in this game first and foremost for me, and, and the rest will follow. What do you think? I think a bit differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, Mancini should stick to his guns. This is what I've seen. This is what I've observed in the Spain squad. This Spain squad in this whole tournament thrives off playing tiki-taka possession. They are nothing without the ball. So they have to have the possession. And when they lose the ball, they'll do the high press real quick. And if they don't get the ball back real quick, they suffer. They look vulnerable. They look weak. So for me, if you take the ball away from Spain, they have nothing. So I think Mancini should approach the game as he has been with the Belgians, as he has been with the Swiss, um, as he has been this whole tournament, and, and play the new Italian style. I agree with you. I think we got the midfield to go toe-to-toe with the Spanish midfield, so why not keep that ball away from them? That's just my opinion on it. But it's the defense, right? Is Kalini Bonucci going to be able to do those quick passes and continue that? Because the Spain team, they press hard. They they, they press, press really hard. They run tirelessly. They do. They look like the most fit team at the tournament. Yeah. So I don't. I, to me, I don't think our defense can handle the press i think it's panic long ball and like spain always does they find a way to win the ball back and you have to you have to find your moments against them and they always cause problems of their own and you just have to pick it that's that's what i say i, I just don't think our defense have the capability of keeping the ball so i i think it'd be dangerous to go toe-to-toe with them in possession i think with a tournament this team's had you can why not try it but only time's gonna tell. Yeah, I mean, uh, but the, this is the one. This is the only time I think in my lifetime that I'm actually not afraid to play Spain. That I'm not worried. I actually think that this Spain is definitely not the Spain of the past, and uh, I think I think we are gonna win this game, and uh, we will be booking our ticket to the final on Sunday, July 11th. Yeah, I agree. You know, the Spain, the Spain team, they've won one game, all tournament. Well, look, it's one game. At, and you look at who they've played, right? You got to yeah. look at, so they started off against the Swedes. They tied there. They, they tied, Then they played the Poles. They tied, tied there. Then they smashed the Slovakians. Then they beat a over-the-hill run-up Croatian yeah, team. Yeah, beating them soundly, and then they let them back in. Yeah, and then they go up toe-to-toe with a Swiss team. Who they they just scrape by because of a deflected goal. Exactly. And so, a red card and injuries and this suspensions. Is gonna, this is going to be Spain's first real test, I think. This is Spain's actually playing a big team now. So how are they going to react? I don't think they're going to react well. And uh, I like I said, I think our Zuri are going to the final. I think so too. I, I think, like I said, we can play many different ways. Spain can't. I think Luis Enrique is a great coach. But he's got one style. He's got one style. And that's possession, press, and that's how he likes to get stuff happening. You know, the press is the playmaker for him. Uh, But Italy, yeah, I think they're going to pick holes. I think the counterattack is key for us. And I I strongly believe, as much 
flack as Chiro got for diving and getting up when Barella scored and him, him becoming a meme online and every Azuri fan saying he should be dropped, I think Chiro is going to show his worth in this game. I have a strong, strong feeling about it. He better. He will. I guarantee he it. He will. His international career is on the line here. He knows it too. Well, he better. He knows it. And Chiro Chiro's going to rebound after that. That's one thing we got to give him credit for. When Lazio, he goes on these spells of not scoring four or five games. But when he comes back, Chiro, he's a monster. And he scores in bunches. So hopefully that's a Chiro we get. There's got to be something there. For him to be scoring 30-plus goals, I think, four years in a row, there's got to be something there. So hopefully that's the guy we get. And I think, like I said, stylistically, I think he's finally going to get a game where it's like, this is the way I want to play. Instead of me having to be a poacher. He's not a poacher. Chiro's never been a poacher. He's never had the feet to be a poacher. This is a guy who's route one. Pass me the ball in the lane. I'm going to sprint there. Run on the goalie one-on-one and pick my corner. That's the type of guy he is. That's what he knows. That's his bread and butter. Don't expect this guy to play with his back to net. Look oh, over his shoulder receiving can't, crosses. Can't he can't do way. it. He can't do it. But I think Italy... Should be in the final. They should be. So we're both trying to take Italy to win this game. Take it. Let's move on to the next game. So but do you think Spain's better than Belgium? You feel? Are you more worried about this game than the Belgium game or no? No. See, I'm more worried about this game than the Belgium no. game. Belgium I game I wasn't worried about. I was more worried about the Belgium game than this game. I don't know. See, the Belgium game I wasn't worried about because no one was fit. The Spain team, they, they were me a little bit. I look at who they've played, but yeah, I look it, at how Italy. They've, how they've struggled mightily. In yes, this tournament. yes, mightily. But you Italy, have, Italy still has to be tested from going going down a goal. Yeah, they haven't yet, and there's another team that hasn't gone down a goal. And that that's a team you don't want to go down a goal to is no. Spain. No, that's a team you don't want to do your first chase with. But you do your first chase with against them, you're done. You're yeah. finished. Well, there's another team that hasn't chase the game yet no that's true you want to talk about them let's talk about them so england playing Denmark the english the english at home at wembley stadium how, you want to tell me how you think this game is going to go i think england's going to spank Denmark. i think it's an easy win they're at wembley you're going to get sixty thousand people harry kane for me is the best striker left in the tournament He's gonna he's gonna pad his stats here. He's gonna get five. I think he's gonna bang another brace and uh I I believe in him. I picked him for the golden boot and he's gonna win it. I think Denmark haven't come up against anybody. They came up against one big team in the tournament, they got smashed by them, Belgium. They got destroyed in the group stages by a by a Belgium team that we saw. And I'm sorry, I wasn't impressed by Belgium at all. So I think England for me probably going into the tournament the most talented from starting lineup to bench attacking wise defense i was a little bit questioning them but they haven't conceded a goal in five games so obviously the def- the defensive side of the game for them is they're good john stones has been amazing they got mcguire back arguably their best defender and he's been fantastic got a goal pickford stopped everything that's come his way so how could you not take england in this game yeah. I don't think Denmark has anything that can trouble the English in this game. See, that's where I beg to differ. I think Denmark's not going to be as easy as England's path has been to the final. Uh, I think this is going to be their tough. But who's Denmark played? So let's get off the Denmark bandwagon. Who's Denmark played? Czechs, Wales, yeah. Russia, Finland, yeah, and Belgium. They lost to Belgium. Yeah. Lost to Finland. Yeah. They... And beat the the Welsh and they beat the Czechs. Whoop de do. Who has who's Denmark played? Who's England played? So I'm gonna get off the who's, down. Who's England played? England, Croatia, England, Czech England Republic, Croatia. Scotland, England Ukraine. They tied Croatia. Or sorry, yes. they tied the Scotland. Okay, arguably one of the worst teams in the tournament. They tied and they beat the Germans. Strong. But they've beaten they beat one of the big teams. A team they overcame a team that's always had their number. Yeah. And that shows a lot of character. You know, you, we could say the same thing about Italy. Who's Italy beaten? We beat Belgium, one of the big teams. So we both beat one big team each. Denmark's beaten nobody. No offense. 
I'm just taking away the feel good factor because everyone's on the Denmark bandwagon. I'm not on no Denmark bandwagon. I think England's gonna win. Denmark. This game. Dem- I think we. I have, know. I know. I'm just saying. I feel. I feel Denmark is there because yes, they're a good team, but they're there because they got a favorable draw too. Sure, they did. Okay, and you can only beat the teams that are in front of you. But this Denmark team, I there's no way they beat the English. There's no way. And if they do beat England. Whoever comes out of that Spain-Italy game is going to win. Uh, Denmark, I just, there's no way. They don't have the depth to compete against England. And England's at home, for frick's sakes, at Wembley. Like, this is, the way this tournament is panned out, England, like I said, is the favorite to win it. If England don't win this tournament now, it's a failure. They should beat Italy, they should beat Spain, and they should beat Denmark. Yeah, but they're not going to beat Italy. It's not going to happen. Never. <laughs> so, what else do you think about this game? Um, I like I said, I think England's going to win this game. I just don't think it's going to be as easy. It's not yeah, going to be walking the park. I'm like not, Ukraine. Of course, it's not going to be walking the park. It's not going to. It's you know, it's a semifinal. England, they're going to be tested. Denmark's going to come in. Denmark's going to sit back. That's what they're going to do. Denmark's going to come in, and Denmark's going to sit back. Maguire and Stones are going to have a little bit of work to do because I think they're going to have to. Ca- they're going to have to counter with Casper Dolberg a guy they've never really played, and Yusef Polson, who offers a lot of pace. Let's see if they can keep up with the pace. That's all I'm saying. I don't think they're going to... I don't think the Danes are going to win this game. I don't think they have a shot at winning this game. I just think they're going to make it interesting. They're going to make They're going to make the English sweat a little bit, and I think the English do need to sweat. Yeah, it's going to... Denmark's going to have to put up... Because I'll tell you right now... If a England, huge defensive performance. If England cruises, into, cruises through this game... The second they go down at Wembley in the final, they're not going to have anything if they cruise through this game. They need to sweat. That's the only thing this English team hasn't really done yet is sweat. We've had to sweat. Yeah, and listen, England, like I said, they did overcome Germany, and, yeah. and, it, was it, a, and it was a, a flip of a coin. It yeah, a it was sweat. a sweat because Germany could have, if Thomas Muller converted or they scored some of the early chances, Germany's through. It's it's that simple. So that's kind of the bar for this English team. Um, they've been tested, but yeah, has someone... I mean, they shut down Gosens pretty good. They got Mahele to deal with from Atalanta. Is Mahele better than Gosens, both Atalanta players? I think Gosens is better. Yeah. So they should shut down Mahele. You have Stryker Larsen. On the right wing, I mean, they dealt with Munier. I mean, uh, Joshua Kimmich, they shut him down pretty good. I I think Joshua Kimmich's better than Stryger Larson. So we know the Danes play a 3-4-2 or 3-4-2-1. Luke Shaw and whoever it is going to be playing on the right wing back should should win that battle. So so where where are the Danes going to win the game? How do the Danes even have a chance? It's got to be on a set piece. They got to put in a defensive performance of their lifetime, and they got to use the height of their defenders and and snag a goal that way. That's the only way the Danes can win. I don't think England's winning anything in the air this game. Anything. Not a chance. Uh, I don't know about that. They got Maguire's big. Stones is strong. Declan Rice is strong. Not on Kiar. No way. Not a chance. I think Christensen went out injured to... uh, Vestergaard's coming in. Well, Vestergaard was in already. Already? Yeah. So that, who's that other guy coming in then? Who so, knows? They're, they're big boys. I think they are, the that, and that's what they're going to have to use. They'll have the air game. That's what that's they're going to have to well, use. And at the same time, you're going up against Kasper Schmeichel. He's a good goalkeeper. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's where the Danes, so that's where the Danes have to capitalize. Pickford's not a big goalie. No. So you got to make him take jump, him take a leap, and take him in the air. Take him that was one thing I was really surprised with the Belgians actually to bring it back to the Italy Belgium game quick. The they had I think eight plus corners, eight plus corners against a short Italian team. We've stated how short these guys are. Though the biggest guys in the field were Bonucci, Chiellini, and Argoli. We were dominating the corners. I couldn't believe it. And this is a team with Vertonghen, and Alderweireld, uh, Vermeulen. You have Axel Witzel, Lukaku. Munier, these guys are all over six foot one, six foot two. They have like five, six inches on uh, on our midfield and four line. How are these guys not winning the ball? I cannot believe. 
the Belgians. That's that's the only time I was sweating. Every time they kind of had a corner, but it's Belgium. It's done. So, sounds like we have an Italy England final. I agree, Italy England. That's the best possible matchup you could ask for, given these four final teams. So, we will be back after the semifinals on Wednesday uh, to recap and preview the final of Euro 2020. We're hoping it's going to be Italy-England at Wembley on Sunday, July the 11th. What a dream match that would be. It would be the game of our lives yep. against some of our English friends. So yeah, Grab a chicken chow mein for the match. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were saying, we're, we're, we're already talking now. we gotta watch we got to watch the, the game together. And uh, one of our English buddies said, well, I heard the Tifosi boys like tea and crumpets. And I, I said, do, no. actually. I, I said, do. I said, no effing way. I said, we live off the two Ps, and that's pizza and peroni, baby. <laughs> that's what's happening at the final for Italy England. So, enjoy the two games. I think they're going to be some great games. Um, I even think the England-Denmark games, like I said, just, Denmark's just got to make them sweat. England. They will make them sweat. Eng- but England... Has to, they're clearly the favorite to win this tournament, hands down. If England don't do this, they're the biggest flops ever. Yeah. Well, they don't well beat said. Denmark. They're the biggest flops to ever exist in sporting history. Well said. Even bigger flops than the Maple Leafs? <sighs> yes. <laughs> yeah, wow. But the England hasn't won shit since 66. That's true. Almost as bad as the Leafs. Yeah, that's true. So, listen. England's in Wembley. Back-to-back games. They don't win this tournament. They're the biggest flops they're in not, history. I'm just setting. I'm just setting. I'm just setting the bar. I'm just setting the bar. Happen. If the English lose, they're the biggest flops in history. There you go. Julian Clary's statement. They're the only team with something to lose out of the that, final four. Th- that is true. England that's are, what I'm getting at. England are the the only pressure's team. on them. So yeah, we'll sure. see what happens. There's no, and that's the thing. You finally read in between the lines, mates. Again, it took me a while. For all you, for all the Italian haters, Spanish haters, Danish haters, there's no pressure on these three teams. We've done everything we could. We've gone, especially us. We've gone from missing our own World Cup in 2018 to making the semifinals of the Euro. So uh, exactly, I'm happy. Value. I'm happy with this yeah. Azzurri. I'm very happy too. I'm very happy too. Nothing to lose, everything to gain. The so, World Cup gets you the stars on the shirt, not yeah, the Euro. Not the Euro. That's but true. I'll still take the Euro. Yeah, I'll still take <laughs> it too. Hundred percent. So until next time everybody. Ciao ragazzi. Ciao.